Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Velo News Podcast. I'm your host, fresh back from Seattle Classic, Ben Delaney, with my traveling buddy, Betsy Welch, talking today about the Lifetime Grand Prix. What in the world is the Lifetime Grand Prix, Betsy? The Lifetime Grand Prix is the most exciting thing in domestic bike racing. Boom. <laughs> Big statement. It's a, it's a new race series um, presented by Lifetime. There are six races in the series, three mountain bike races, three gravel races. Um, it kicked off at Sea Otter last weekend with the Fuego 80K cross-country mountain bike race. And we were on the ground at Sea Otter um, doing all the things, seeing all the people. And on Friday, we had a chance to catch up with a handful of the riders who are competing in the Grand Prix. So mountain bike racing, obviously not a new thing. Gravel racing, no longer a new thing. But a series combining the two, absolutely a brand new thing. So a lot of eagerness and trepidation uh, on part of many of the racers who don't skew towards the mountain bike skill set. It was interesting to see you know, some of our s- suspicions confirmed and some totally blown out of the water. Like we thought coming in that Keegan Swenson probably had a pretty good chance. And sure enough, he, <laughs> he did what Keegan does and crushed. Um, we saw Mariah Wilson uh, riding away from an elite group to win the, the women's race. But it was interesting to, to talk to all these people or or at least from my perspective here, you speak to all these people about what they thought before they, they towed the line. So who, who do we have on the show today? We had quite a cast of characters. Yeah, it was really fun. Um, we had two mountain bikers, actually, both fresh back from South Africa from the Cape Epic, um, who race for Liv, Casey Armstrong and Crystal Anthony. Sadly, Crystal didn't get to line up on Saturday because she got sick. Um, so super bummed for her. Let's see who else. We had Lawrence Tendam, all the way from the Netherlands. Um, Cole Patton, fresh off of his Mid-South win. Then um, I had fun chatting with Amity Rockwell and Isabel King. And we wrapped it up with Colin Strickland and John Keller. Yeah, all good stuff. Yeah, it was a bummer that Casey was taken out by illness. Certainly wasn't the only one. Uh, Hannah Shell and Jake McGee also missed the start line due to oh, food right. poisoning. Oh, right, they weren't there. Yeah, and then we saw uh, crashes, always a part of bike racing, take a few people out. Yep. Uh, Keel Reinen and Pete Stetna got tangled up. Right, just not, not at the start, but the first uh, part where the race pinched down. Pete, Pete raced through. Cracked, with, his, cracked his wrist. Yep. Ruth took a big tumble and couldn't finish. Yeah, hit her head. Sorry yep. about that, Ruth. Yep. Uh, yeah, just one race in and the drama is already coming thick and fast. Yeah. So, yeah, like, as we said, you spoke to these people before the race, and let's go and hear their thoughts now. My name is Casey Armstrong, and I'm from Knoxville, Tennessee, and I started off with racing mountain bikes in collegiate, won collegiate nationals, and then turned into a big endurance stage racer, turned into gravel racer, done some enduros, whatever you throw at me, I'm there for it. So wherever the party's at, I'll be there. (laughs) I'm Crystal Anthony. I'm from Massachusetts originally. I live in Bentonville, Arkansas now. And I, like Casey, will do just about anything, mostly off-road. Come from a cycling family, so it's always been a family 
activity and um, yeah, excited to get started on the series here. And you guys are both sort of officially from mountain bike backgrounds, but I'm wondering if this, you know, three gravel race, three mountain bike race series was appealing to you in a way that just a pure like XC series um, might not have been? Is this more appealing? Is it less appealing? Like, how do you feel about this style of series coming onto the scene? Ooh, <laughs> this style, it does feel like every year there's a new series that's out there, like whether it was the Epic Rides, the Pro XCTs, and Chris and I have done them all. Like, even if we go back to the NUE series, like there's always a series to follow. So yeah, this is just a really exciting series to do now. And I think, A, there's so much media behind it. B, there's a lot of money behind it. Yeah. So as pro athletes, we're like, yes. But also, a lot of these races were already kind of on the calendar. So it just worked out perfectly. And I am really stoked that last year I had to do so much gravel. And there was one mountain bike race. And this year, there's three mountain bike yeah. races in this series. So, yeah, I feel like I'm more excited about it than last year, for sure. Yeah, I, w I was excited that it's a cohesive series, but so much variety within it. So yeah. mm -hmm. um, that really appealed to me that you have this unifying goal and kind of an easy schedule making for your year. Right. But yeah, you also have the variety. Was there any bit of like smugness being like, oh, we're mountain bikers. Like there's going to be some people struggling in this and, and we've got that part. I mean, I wish there was smugness. Yeah. I yeah. wish I felt that confident going into it. Like, oh, yeah, I'm the mountain biker and now there's mountain bike races. But let's be honest, like even thinking about how strong like all these roadies are, I was yeah. like, they saw that there was mountain bike race. And I bet they immediately started taking like skills classes. So, <laughs> I know how these girls and men are yep. like they're not going to come into this half hearted. So I'm more than sure we're all going to show up with our A game. And um, what about strategy? I mean, is that something you guys have like sort of dug into or is this just a case of like, no, you try and do your best at, at every single one of them? Or is there a race in your head that you're like, okay, this is my one that, you know, is my junk race. I mean, how do you... <laughs> Is there a strategy or is it just <laughs> Crystal is the strategy here. She's going to have Crystal, it. not me. <laughs> Maybe she doesn't want to tell us. Crystal's got the mind for it. What is the strategy? I think that there are yeah, different ways you can approach it, but because of the way the point system works, um, like one exceptional race is not going to outweigh if you have Mm. poor races and so mm -hmm. that's definitely something to take into consideration if it was a time-based oh uh, yeah, like yeah. A, uh, what would they call it an omnium or something like yep. that um yep. then that might be different so um and i think just there's nothing easy no one easy race in this whole series and right. i have an appreciation for all the things that could happen at any of the races and so showing up to each yeah. one like ready is really important. Cause isn't and, no, Big Sugar a hundred miles? Sorry, yeah. Is Big Sugar a hundred miles? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah, our last race is a hundred miles. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, right. No, no there, easy race. There's no easy race for sure. And you know, Unbound is two hundred. A two hundred mile race. 
I will be very curious how the series plays out after Unbound. After Unbound. Yeah, like this one's kind of like a easy get into, but Unbound, so much stuff happens. And then like also how many people are doing this series along with other things. You got to think about what 200 miles would do to the rest of your season. And then you have the races in the middle that are at elevation, which I think adds, especially Leadville. Yeah. It's so high. adds another uh, Are people going to do altitude training? We don't know. And then... What about for you girls races in between the series races? I mean, I know this is this is giving structure to your season, but I can't imagine these are the only races you're doing. Yeah, I mean, for me, I don't have that many races outside of this series. So that made it easy. Yeah. I think for me, what's going to happen is if, like, you know, things do go wrong, like, what would I do to add to my season? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yep. So, we'll see. I have no idea. Yeah, same. I do plan to go to Whiskey Off-Road. Um, which, we do, which is in a week or two? At the end of end this of the month. month. Okay. Yeah. We have a little break before Unbound. Um, mm-hmm. But other than that, yeah, I'm just going to try to... I mean, you have to maintain fitness for so long, or race fitness. Right. From, you know, now through October. October. Yeah. So, yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how yeah. that goes. For I guess it's like for us, we did Cape Epic before this. And then like I have Pisgah stage race as soon as I get back. And yeah. then whiskey. So yeah, we all have like additions. So it does feel like Grand Prix are focused. But yeah, yeah, we also have so many races in between. I didn't think about that. And you've both, Casey, I know you've raced Unbound. Have you raced Unbound, Crystal? I've not done any of the races in the series before. You didn't? Oh. You weren't a picture? No. Wow. Yeah, they're all Noob. brand new. And yep. you've done Leadville? Yep. I've done all of them, but Crusher and Latusher. Okay. Which might suit you as well. Yeah. It's I mean, kind of no. a mountain biker's gravel race. No, <laughs> I'm not going to do Crusher. It's I don't really like hard. That's my it's seat. really hard. It's just an uphill TT. <laughs> like, if it was a downhill TT, I'd be all over it. But no. Some people I know who've done a lot of these races have said Crusher is the hardest I, of all yeah, of them. I can concur. I've yeah. done five out of six. I believe and it. And Crusher is a beast. Which one have you not done? Schwamigan. Oh, oh, I haven't yeah. done two. I haven't done Schwamigan. I forget about that one. Yeah. But it's mountain biking, so I feel okay about it. Right. So yeah. you don't have to think about that. <laughs> yeah. Okay. This might be weird, but I know you've both thought about it. In the women's field, who are who who are you thinking about? Or who are <laughs> you who are you thinking like this is perfectly suited for? She's gonna do amazing. Aside from yourselves, of course. Honestly, I was thinking Katarina Nash. Katarina she was my pick. No longer in the series. Right. She didn't yeah. she didn't want to commit to yeah. a race that right, season. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But I'd have to totally say fair. Rose. Yeah, Rose. 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 Of course, Rose. Yeah. There's so it's more like who, who is yeah, not right, right. No, clearly it's so it was, many people. Yeah. It was a selection. And then you and got and Leah Davidson who's like, Oh, I'm retired. I'm gonna go do the Grand Prix. I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Just when are people going to let me win again? No. Yeah. <laughs> no. And then Aaron Huck. Yeah. Like, even though she just had a baby. Even though she's on maternity leave, yeah. she should be back for Unbound. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. And I believe she will be. Mm-hmm. I believe she'll be crushing it. I mean, yeah. And then you have Alexis and Evelyn who are... 
Yeah, Alexis Neblin. Kind of quiet, but quiet, but, but very. Yeah, Alexis very is always on the podium. If yes. she, even if she's not winning, she's like second. I so. love that. Like we're starting with this classic XC mountain bike race where you know things will happen, and then the next one in the series is Unbound, which like worlds apart. Yeah, yeah. Last one to wrap it up. Do you, I mean, it's a little hard to say because the series is just starting and we don't know what's going to happen, but is this perhaps the future of domestic bike racing or a big part of it? Um, that is to say like a, a multi-discipline series versus a road race or, you know, an XC series. I do hope so. I think that domestically it's so nice to have so much media backing so many pro athletes like our livelihoods depend on this career so it is so nice to have you know press around us getting everybody excited to watch us you guys have media like what more can we ask for yeah. so I do think that it, I agree with you Casey I think the one consideration that a lot of people have voiced is just the exclusivity of this mm -hmm. series oh, yeah. and mm -hmm. maybe true. how do we make it mm -hmm. more inclusive yep that is true and the it's inclusive in terms of variety of races but in terms of yeah but in terms of the <laughs> the riders and uh the participation i know that because a lot of the races are lottery systems right. they don't want to take uh, so many yeah, spots right. away from that but right. i think that would Definitely be something to consider for future iterations of this. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Sure. That that felt like constructive criticism, and it is a first year event, and you know, lifetime had to start somewhere. Right. But yeah, that's a I really 100 percent agree with that. Yeah, thank you, girls, so much. Um, congrats again on amazing time in South Africa, and uh, can't wait to see you race tomorrow. Yes, thank you. Boop, boop, boop. All right, so I have with me two of the women from the Grand Prix series, Isabel King and Amity Rockwell. Can you ladies both introduce yourself and just give us a brief um, cycling bio? What if we introduce each other? Well, that's kind of fun. As long as you're nice. <laughs> so, uh, Isabel King uh, rose to fame uh, during COVID because she was a little Strava monster taking everybody's comms in the LA area. And I guess her fame grew and grew and we, she showed up to, what was it? Like 20, unbound 20, yeah. 2021, 2021 unbound. unbound and we all were like what's this girl gonna do here and I think honestly we all kind of expected her to die and then <laughs> she like got in the top 10 and we were like oh shit that's real um anyways I knew she'd be her. fine she is oh. yeah she's amazing you she's all know new her here I don't, bright. she needs no introduction <laughs> she wears a lot of orange <laughs> Can be seen wearing orange camouflage, which originally was my joke that I was like undercover uh, and nobody knew who I am, but it was clearly badly undercover because it was bright orange. Um, so Amity Rockwell, on the other hand, <laughs> blasted onto the scene uh, because she is one of those people who famously her legs warm up at about a mile uh, 165, ideally. Uh, so watch out in uh, hours, you know. 9 to 14, <laughs> blast past you. Uh, 
Amity originally uh, got her fame from winning Unbound when it was previously named uh, DK, which we don't say that name anymore. Um, she is also a stellar bread baker and taught me my most uh, favorite coffee trick is that when your coffee is too hot and if they've given you two cups, you can, uh, you can like pour it into the other cup and it kind of like aerates it like you would do with wine. Uh, but oh, it makes your coffee, the coffee. Yeah, makes your coffee cold. So that is my uh, most valuable tip from Amity. And I've only burned myself twice. <laughs> <laughs> Remind me Amity to tell you about the Grand Prix adjacent bake off that I'm oh. planning. So I was actually briefed on this already because I rolled up to the SRAM tent and Leah and Lentine were there and I handed them some bread and they were like, Oh my God, you know what we've been planning. Um, so, so yeah, that's definitely in the works. Uh, big sugar, keep an eye out. Big Ooh. sugar, keep an eye out. And yes, we will need taste right. testers. Although I think I failed. Amity posted something, posted something being like, oh, like embarrassing. Look at the difference between these. And it was two identical pieces of bread. That were, be- <laughs> that were both beautiful. They were both beautiful. Right. And it was like clearly very obvious to her that something was wrong with one of them. And they both looked like toast to me. Which the crumb. Is yeah. The crumb. The bubbles. Okay. We'll anyway. talk about bike stuff. So, first year ever for the Grand Prix Series, three mountain bike races, three gravel races. Um, You know, without, like, putting words in either of your mouth, I would say you guys both trend towards the... Well, maybe you can correct me. I mean, I would say you trend towards the gravel side of things. Um, Does does the mountain bike stuff, um, like, intimidate, scare you? Um, Or do you feel like this is a pretty, like evenly balanced series for your own riding so basically where i'm at i have actually been mountain biking for maybe three years now um and worked on a lot of stuff over covid like worked on my confidence worked on my skills all that stuff the funny part for me now is i've never like tried to ride a mountain bike fast Like, mountain biking is my, like, chill recovery. Like, I don't want to think about power. I don't want to think of, like, I don't want to, like, look at my computer. Like, I'm just, like, roaming around in the forest, you know? And now all of a sudden it's like, oh, no, like, you're competing. Um, So that's the new part for me. It's not even so much like a technical ability thing. I think the races involved in the Grand Prix are, like, pretty tame in that sense. It's more just like learning how to treat it like other bike racing for me, which is like a whole new world. So that's the part where I'm like, I have no idea how this goes. But uh, yeah, I mean, I think we are lucky that Lifetime didn't throw anything too gnarly at us. Um, Like people joke about Leadville as being like the first gravel race, and I kind of agree with them. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah. Um, it, it is. It's new territory, but I, I'm not in terms of, like, mountain biking, not mountain biking. Just different style. How about you, Is? Yeah. I think uh, it intimidates me a little bit. I'm, I'm also new to mountain biking. I'll be on a full suspension tomorrow, definitely. Um, despite it not being technical, I've heard uh, sandy corners are really what will get you. Uh, I don't want to throw Colin Strickland under the bus, but he smashed his face in. And I was like, bro. You're not supposed to crash on your face. It's the only thing you're not supposed to crash on. <laughs> um, so stuff like that intimidates me. Um, I, I agree. Like riding fast on a mountain bike is uh, is scary because kind of the limit that you're pushing is is small. And a lot of these girls know it better. That said, um, I think for someone like me, 
I've been saying like in this series, there's only upside. No one really expects me to do well necessarily um, because I'm new. You're going against people that are Olympians or people that are have been mountain biking for a zillion years and are legends in this sport. And so I think like a race like tomorrow, uh, I have to like just breathe when I know there's a downhill single track and there's going to be a pile up like traffic jam behind me and just be like that's okay this is not your strong suit like wait till the uphill and then hopefully like put the hurt on some girls and I think for both Amy and I like this race is longer it's longer than a regular XC race it's you know hopefully four hours uh or around there uh so the the length is is helpful for us and um, mentally, I was just thinking, like, all the anxiety I have about this race right here, right now, like, mountain biking, like, oh, no, like, what is this? I'm like, all those mountain bikers get to go through the same thing, like, leading up to Unbound. They're all, they're going to be like, 200 miles? Like, how does this work? Like, what's going on? And we're going to be like, ah, we've done this. Well, and it's Maybe true. I'm like, I mean, <laughs> I'm going back. I'm like, how, how did they get me to do this? <laughs> I mean, Unbound is definitely the race that everybody is the most terrified by. Um, do you guys have a race you're most excited about and a race you're most intimidated by? Most intimidated by and most excited about. Same race. Ooh. Leadville. Yeah. Even though you did it last year. I died. And you I barely finished. I stopped with like eight miles to go in the shade and was like, I, I can no longer do this. Like I, I can no I beat, longer I pedal you. a bicycle. I was very proud Betsy, of myself. Yes, Betsy. <laughs> Betsy beat me. And then SBT the next day, like pulled my sad butt <laughs> around the course when I wanted to quit. So I just, I, I see so much potential there, but also know like just how seriously insanely hard it is it's it's truly the hardest thing I've ever done on a bike so I desperately want to conquer it yeah I agree with that I think uh last year the experience of doing that one it was one of the most memorable um getting that bell buckle at the end and and I think like that was the first time I'd ever done anything that high altitude and then you know brushing my teeth the day before getting out of breath you're like oh how am I supposed to race in this like this is unbelievable this is gonna be bad uh so I kind of feel the same like you kind of go back with like you've set you've set a standard um I've done Crusher and the Tusher uh Leadville uh out of the series and so and Unbound and so then you have those th this race tomorrow and then the the two at the end of the season where those are actually unknown so those intimidate me as well in a different kind of sense where Last year, I had the the like the benefit of being the doe-eyed one that didn't actually know how hard Unbound was going to be, and everyone was very kind at the expo, being like, "It's going to be hard," and then you do it, and you're like, "What?" <laughs> um, so I think like the having done the races, knowing how hard Unbound, Leadville, and uh, Unbound are, I'm kind of nervous of the three I haven't done to see what yep. they throw at us, uh, but it's in a different way. And with the points set up the way they are, like. Is there a strategy here to like, you know, do you have a throwaway race? So you think the throwaway throws like a huge thing. I heard people were going to skip on bound because it like what? messes you up and they're like just going to. And then you kind of like, what if you get a mechanical? Then you're kind of like, you know, hopefully gambling that nothing bad happens in another race. So I don't think we really get a throw. Yeah, like, I'm not sure I, either. I, I, I you know, tend to do reasonable even when I have like a really bad day. And I showed up to Big Sugar last year and like 10 miles in had like a gnarly flat. So it's like, 
yeah, you. It's there's so dicey. there's too I much that can I go think wrong. Skipping one is like skipping very one ballsy. is like yeah. I mean, it's so risky that I don't think it's like reasonably a strategy, right? But I do think adding a, a one um, a one that you can drop kind of gives it because then it makes it more about like who's consistently fast because I do think like with these races like stuff goes wrong so often that they're if it was just like what's the best in all six it's kind of who got the luckiest like who didn't hit that sharp rock in two races you know like so I think it's interesting like it adds a, a different element of it but I also think like the the sheer length of this this series is wild you're like you're supposed to be pointy for eight months that's crazy totally well, and the ability to drop one too, like look at Payson, you know, like he's, he's going to squeak in by the skin of his teeth. Erin, you know, she's at home, like nursing a very small child, but, but if this is the only race she misses, that would be incredible. How about this being like, let's say this is successful. Let's say other organizers are like, yeah, like we're going to do a similar series would would you girls like be on board if this becomes you know sort of nor the norm or there's more of these on offer or is it is it too much is it too long is it too spread out I talk about this a lot how we're like borderline and ultra endurance discipline and any other ultra sport you can think of they do like maybe three races a year like, they do one, they give everything, they take a month off, they, like, start building again. And that is a healthy, normal, sane approach. And, I mean, I burn out, like, three times a year and then take a month off in, like, November and then, like, have to come, like, full speed ahead into, like, 300-mile weeks again to even, like, feel prepared for, like, when the first thing happens in February. Like, it is actually insane. And... I think that as, or I hope that as the sport progresses, we um, learn to like approach it in a more like natural and selective way to where we can kind of look at the races that suit us, look at the races that excite us, look at the promoters we want to support and just kind of go from there. Um, I don't think like more than one series, more than one sort of like gauntlet like this thrown at us is like a tenable future. Yeah. I mean, is there like, that's kind of a good point. Is there an unreasonable expectation that you guys are doing like eight, 10, 12 races a summer? So I think that the thing that I learned last year, I was again, like the doe, I'd said yes to everything. And then you you realize that these races are not only far, sorry, not only far apart, but like in random towns like Emporia, Kansas or like Whitefish, Montana yeah. and, you know, Leadville, Colorado. Like, so I think like I realized I sorry, you start to like look at those vans being like, that is nice. Like maybe you, maybe you just pack <laughs> up and makes, you just go yep. because I like I've always been like Ugh, van life, whatever. Right. <laughs> but like I think it's an interesting I learned last year, like you have to realize that these races like here, like I got here two days before the actual race and I'll be here, you know, two days after. Like it's a lot about doing stuff like this, the podcast and saying hi to people. And like I do think it's a good part of our sport in that there's more than just like you put your head down. And if you win, people care. And if you don't, that's it. Like I've been really lucky that people care about the stories and the and the personality and things like that. So I think series like this are, are awesome because it means the sport has a focus and people are willing to put money behind it and people care. Um but I do agree the uh, the expectation that you're going to race for nine months and you're going to be traveling and, and doing everything uh, 
And the races are minimum 100 miles. Yeah, like they're wildly <laughs> long. <laughs> and then when you add on top of that the expectation that we're all supposed to be like the sports influencers yes, as well. Like that. I have spent the last like straight two months like with cameras in my face and like barely been able to like put in the miles that I want to put in just because people are like milking content out of me constantly. I don't know I'm like saying this on a freaking podcast, but um, <laughs> like Betsy, uh, Betsy taking up our time. Part of oh my God, I'm so bitter. This is the part where I come out and say I hate podcasts. No, but I I do think like there's going to come a point where like somebody has to put a foot down and be like, look, do you want me to be a professional athlete or do you want me to be like, you know, your little sports marketing hero? Like, no. And that's a topic <laughs> that we could go on about. We'll we'll do another podcast. Oh, and then. <laughs> I don't have time. Yeah, but, but you do have a lot to say about that. And, I, and that I is, have a lot to say about everything yeah. always. But I. Uh, yeah, it's I mean it it's it's already a very tricky balance. So yeah. I think it is going to come down to like like each of us as individuals making very like personal decisions about where we want to see the sport go. And for me that's like a little bit of this stuff, like a little bit of these massive exciting races and you know very serious challenges but then I mean bringing it back home and supporting all of our like little local promoters that are the reason we're here at all and riding bikes in the first place so yeah. it's it's a it's a strange balance but I'm I'm trying this year <laughs> yeah and it feels healthy and it feels like that will be okay um but I imagine the pressure is also yeah I think it goes two ways I think like on one side of it, like the the engagement and stuff that you can have with people that are just getting into bikes. Like I still, I feel pretty connected with anyone that's new to racing or, or at all. Um, just because, you know, four years ago, I bear, I had just learned to clip in and I was like, you know, tipping over at stoplights because I forgot to clip out, things like that. So I think this sport is amazing in that like you can kind of challenge yourself and get better every single day. And then you can be someone like me that just like, okay, like I finished this race now. I want to like go be the best. And so it gives you the opportunity to do that. So I think like the social side of it actually has like a huge value in growing this sport. So as exhausting it as it is, you kind of like smile and just do it. Yeah. Um, but at the end of the day also like I'm exhausting. constantly in awe of Iz no. and her ability <laughs> no. to just like engage with people like I have, like, a, a certain limit of enthusiasm before I'm, like, leave me alone. <laughs> and Iz is just this endless bouncy of, like, smiles and uh, But it's just a new year. It's incredible. <laughs> I mean, no, I am, like, just, I am envious, I think. But like, I think for you, me, like, because this wasn't my it? plan, like, racing bikes was never the plan. For me, I think of it as a very finite thing. So this is something that can be taken away tomorrow yeah. Yeah. in a crash or something like that. So for me, like... You do it and you enjoy kind of every moment. Um, try and make the best of it. Um, do things that scare the crap out of you like this series um, and see what you can do. Yeah. Amazing attitude. <laughs> well, and, you know, from my really? my side of things, like all of all of you, it's like it's so fun because you bring different personalities, different perspectives, different backgrounds. And like it would be so boring if it if that weren't the case, you know, so. Okay, last question. Take yourself out of the race and tell me who you think is going to win the overall Amy series. Rockwell. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> no, sorry, sorry. Uh, 
I, I, I think like my main question is like, will the person who wins the series have actually won any of the races? I'm so curious Great about question. that. I feel like it's someone that like, if someone comes in like third to fifth in every single I'm race. I'm really good at getting like seventh. Right? Like, <laughs> I think you and I are similar in that. Like yeah. just coming yeah. up in like top we, 10 We are always. the dark horses. I'm putting it out there. Said, like, <laughs> no, no downside for us because people doesn't, don't expect anything really. Um, and then, or maybe they do. I don't know. Maybe for Amity. Sorry, I don't know if that I was feel, offensive. I feel a good amount of pressure on my shoulders personally, but uh, maybe that's, I mean, that's usually just me. Yeah. I we, I think that's the type of people you put pressure me on Me putting yourself. pressure We're on myself. The question. Um, I'm going to throw a, a Mo Wilson out there. Mm. Seeing as we, I've had to race her in like four local races yeah, already, and I like literally have have not even seen her. That's how far ahead she's been. Yeah. She's proving to be pretty. Quick. She has a mountain bike background. Yep. Yeah, I know. I was thinking that too. <laughs> I did just pre ride the course whoa. with her. Uh, yeah, no. Mo's gonna be Mo's gonna be fast. Um, I also think like Sophia Gomez. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Proven proven very fast. Yeah. <laughs> like that. Um, I don't know, on the boy, on the, do we do the men's side? Sure. The men's side, honestly, like, I think that one's an interesting one, too. Because um, you got, like, Pete has obviously, like, done really well in some of these, but doesn't have the mountain bike background. Like, always root for Lawrence Sandam because he's, uh, he's from the country that wears orange. So, <laughs> let's go with that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't, I honestly am not that familiar with who's racing on the men's side. Like, I would love for, like, Ashton Lamy to come out and, and, like, crush people. But I feel like the four-minute uh, record is probably not super helpful when you're doing 200 miles and I'm bad. I, I, met, I met Ashton at 2015 Gravel Worlds. So he does oh, have the endurance background. No, he's going to be fine on the gravel. He it's has the done biking. everything. Yeah. Okay, um, okay, okay. Yeah. I love yeah. it. Do not, do not count Don't underestimate out. the mustache. <laughs> It's powerful. It is. Potentially well, more powerful than Payson's, and we will see. Oh, it's going to be here first. Hot it's going to be oh, really Lord. fun to watch you all, and there will be surprises, and it's going to be great. It's going to be awesome. So, good luck Yay. on Saturday. Thank Tomorrow. you. Thank you. Bye. Bye. All right. So, I am here with Colin Strickland and John Keller. Um, can you guys introduce yourselves and just give like a very, very brief cycling history bio? Yeah, I'm John Keller. Um, I started riding bikes like four years ago and raced road in like 2019 and then got to a high level and then road totally got canceled. I know. Then I turned to gravel because I'm from Boulder, so I've been training on gravel roads ever since I first started riding. Great. I'm Colin Strickland. Uh, I'm from Austin in Texas, and I've taken kind of a weird circuitous route through cycling, um, starting with fixie commuting lifestyle, moving into some road racing domestically, and then moving into fixed gear criterium, red hook crit stuff, and then kind of pivoting that in 2017, 18 into long distance endurance gravel racing. And now I find myself somehow featured in some of those events. So <laughs> here we are.
And where would you say mountain biking fits into your career? Because I think that's what tomorrow is, isn't it? Career is a strong word. (laughs) Um, I would say, so I I actually, during the 2020 pandemic shutdown year, I probably did 80 to 90% of my riding on mountain bike. So I kind of took the opportunity to, I'm not going to say hone, but kind of like improve my skill set in the dirt, just riding the trails around Austin. Uh, it was just way more stimulating than just kind of beating your head into the pavement, pavement, um, chasing fitness that you don't know when you're even going to get to utilize. So it was, so where do I, I don't know. We're going to find out tomorrow. This will be my third mountain bike race ever. Um, I felt pretty good in the ones I've done, but man, this is a whole nother level. So it's going to be, I'm enjoying it because it's really stimulating and like really challenging. And it's kind of sparking that competitive and that growth that I think most of us kind of full-time professional elite, if you will, cyclists kind of, that's what brought us here to begin with is we like the challenge. So definitely challenge to be had on the mountain bike. Was there a challenge pre-riding today? I noticed you have a little bit of, sorry, uh, listeners, you can't see Colin, but I can, and he has a little boo-boo on his lip. I've been fighting. (laughs) No, I had, yeah, I kind of, there was a really benign part of the pre-ride yesterday that I wasn't really paying attention in and just kind of washed out and somehow managed to kiss the dirt a bit and uh, stopped my fall with my with my face. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I got a little cut on my lip. Not too bad. Um, speaking of mountain biking, do you got, you know, there are three mountain bike races in this series um, to Sea Otter, uh, the Leadville 100, and then Schwamigan. Um, some of those races have been, you know, in jest, not called mountain bike races, referred to as gravel races on mountain bikes. Do you think this series, is it truly a multidiscipline series or is it just sort of like some sort of endurance off-road series? Like, does this, does this favor a mountain biker? Tomorrow will. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think it's a balance, right? Like, you see some of the mountain bikers coming into gravel um, and some of them are just getting their heads beaten in and some of them are just absolutely killing it. Yeah. So I, I think it really depends on the rider. But I, I think in general, like the series is definitely more of just a like ultimate endurance challenge. Yeah, um, it's a long, it's endurance in the events. It's also a, an endurance series in the duration. Um, it is April, I don't know, 7th or 8th or 9th. And this ends in mid-October. Um, are you you guys like just targeting the race series? Do you have other races that are important to you this summer? Yeah, I'm definitely planning to be fit by October. Um, <laughs> that's a big target for me. Yeah, just planning on making up a lot of points in October. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, sorry, other races? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, well, there's other races, right? I think there's a couple in between. Okay, points. Let's talk about points. Um, this is a points-based series, so it's possible that somebody could win the series and not win any of the races or even, I don't know. I think that's more likely yeah. to be Very honest. Yeah, yeah. So that said, what do you guys, like strategy-wise, is there a strategy or is it just do as well as you can as many times as you can? I mean, is there a race like that you can toss out? Seems like the gap's going to be pretty pretty tight. I mean, my strategy is just to have fun. You know, I, I think the uh, 
That's what everybody says. Come on. Well, but I, I think the, the cool aspect of this series is it's like pushing me to do things I wouldn't do. Like I, I wouldn't be doing this mountain bike race if I weren't in the series. Yeah, me neither. Like, I think that's really cool. And I, you know, I hope it uh, leads to a similar effect for other gravel, normal gravel racers where they they feel the, I don't know, they feel up for the challenge to kind of push their, push their technical riding to do more of these mountain bike races. Yeah, and ultimately this is supposed to be entertaining. So especially what in the, the race that we're in, the, the quote-unquote pro field. Uh, so, yeah, push, pushing people out of their comfort zone is going to kind of naturally create some drama, and that's the fun part, you know? See how us uh, more road-bound folks are going to handle ripping at, you know, 25 miles an hour down a sandy, dusty, <laughs> windy uh, trail. So, yeah, stay tuned for drama. I mean, I think it's going to be safer than going down some of the stuff in the gravel races on 38s. Potentially. Um, I think we're all really appreciative of Lifetime for putting this on, for investing in it. Um, that said, you know, it's nothing's perfect. And I'm wondering if you guys sort of like, if there's anything that you wish would have been differently in terms of the structure of the event or, you know, the, the, how many people were let in or, or, or that application process, um, any constructive criticism? I'm a little curious why there is any limit on the number of riders to begin with. Uh, someone could ex probably could explain that to me, but I haven't really researched it. And that seems like it seems like we could have just tallied points, you know, from, you know, if you participated in all six races, then you're in the running. Right, right. Um, but I don't know. Maybe I'm sure there's a reason behind it. Um, but that's really the only critique I would have is, you know, we were really... Sh shooting for an inclusivity if you want to if you want a shot you get a shot that's kind of how i felt you know at i didn't get into the first unbound i tried to apply to and uh, in, in 2018 didn't make the lottery um but yeah i got a shot eventually in 2019 and uh yeah so it all it all works out but yeah if you never get a shot then you don't get the chance to win um but i don't know i'm sure there's reasoning and someone could explain that but that's really my only critique could it could quell some uh, unrest with, you know, folks who feel like they didn't get a chance, which I understand completely. Yeah. Okay. So last question for both of you. Race you're most excited about? Race you're most intimidated by? I'm most excited about Leadville, to be honest. Uh, I've always wanted to do it, and I think it's going to be really awesome. Um, I'm excited about tomorrow. I think that's <laughs> going to be crazy fun and just crazy in general. Um, I think it's going to be like over in a flash because it's just going to be so intense and stimulating. Yeah. And then take, I said last question. Okay. So that was second to last. Take yourselves out of the race. Like who, who's, who are your picks for the overall? Or is that a weird question to ask when you're like going for the overall? I don't know. I'm going with Pete. I'm <laughs> my money on Pete. The man is is on a mission. He is uh, in fuego. Yeah. He's stupid good at up anything uphill and other stuff too. But everything uphill, uh, yeah, I call it. Sorry, got it. I think Pete's a pretty good bet. I think uh, you know, kind of like what we touched on earlier. I think the person who's going to win the overall is probably not going to win a single race. Vamos so a ver. I, I hope Pete wins the single race. <laughs>
it will be interesting to see how later in the series it plays in, you know, defending leads that people have developed and how that affects the dynamics of the race. <laughs> oh, hey, it's Lawrence. Don't go too fast. <laughs> the right hand corner. Don't go too fast. You might hear a, a Dutch accent there. Lawrence, <laughs> Collins pe pegged you for the win. What do for you think win. about that? For the whole win. For the whole win. Or just a mount. Just mountain bike. <laughs> He's like he's like a butterfly out I, there. I came next to Colin tonight. Oh yeah, I'll make sure he doesn't sleep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, thank you guys so much, and I hope you have a great race Saturday. And we look forward to following you throughout the season. So it was really fun to talk to all these athletes before the race. Then it was even more fun to watch the race play out. Like Ben mentioned, I think it wasn't that much of a surprise to see mountain bikers dominate on the day. Um, however, I think even before the, the, the Sea Otter race, everyone was already thinking about the next race in the Lifetime Grand Prix series, which is Unbound Gravel, coming up on June... June 4th, 4th I believe. Thank yeah. you. Um, I haven't spoken to a single rider who is not terrified slash targeting the 200 mile gravel race. Yeah, absolutely. So this is a points based series uh, and the racers are intermixed with other riders at these events. Although at uh, Sea Otter, it seemed like the front of the field was what the top 10, both women's and men's were, were all Grand Prix competitors. But for instance, at Unbound, There'll be thousands of racers there in the mix. Uh, and the points just go go down for, what, like 30, 29, 28, et cetera, for competitors. So you could be you know, separated by 20 other riders who aren't in the series, and you're still like a point behind. Uh, it works on your best five results count, so you can drop one. Um, as the crashing and the illness absentees showed, uh, it's probably not – a good idea to plan to miss one, assuming that you're going to do well at all five, because who knows what will happen before the race starts or when the race gun fires. It uh, should be an interesting thing all the way through. So we've got Unbound is the next one, uh, June 4. And then what are the four other races in the series? I think race number three is Crusher and the Tusher. Um, another gravel race arguably tends towards the it's a hill climb. Let's be <laughs> frank. It's a net elevation game. Yeah. And kind of techy too. Anyway, Crusher and the Tushers out in Utah in July. Then back to mountain biking at Leadville in August. Um, that one also has people pretty concerned because of the elevation or the altitude at which you're racing. Um, in September is Schwamigan. Yep, it's what, 40 mile mountain bike 40 race. 40 mile mountain bike race. And then the season wraps up in mid October in Bentonville, Arkansas at Big Sugar Gravel. Big Sugar, 100 miles. Much to look forward to. And before we get there, we've got plenty of other bike racing going on. There's a little thing called Peru Bay. <laughs> and the second uh, Peru Bay Femmes this Sunday, Jim Cotton will be on the ground for us, as will our associate Breck DeClaw. Looking forward to all their coverage there. And we'll certainly be talking about Roubaix on the next podcast. And then it's a lot, lot of gravel racing. We've got uh, Belgian Waffle Ride, the original, coming up in early May. Then it will be uh, Wild Horse Gravel, one of our events. Looking forward to getting out to that. So, And looking forward to talking with you, dear listeners, about all those, all those things in the near future. But we will leave it there for now. Thank you, Betsy. Thank you, Ben. Sea Otter was so fun. It was a good time. 
listeners, you should get out there yourselves if you haven't before. It's it's a uh, it's a treat. Get to do all the all the things all in one place. It's a good time. But uh, in the meantime, we will leave you now. And thanks for listening to the Velo News podcast. Oh, 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 oh